0: Welcome to the Community Health Alliances podcast brought to you by Monarch Healthcare Management as a donation to Care Resource Connection.
1: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Steve Coring, Fire Chief for the City of St. Louis Park.
2: And I'm Amy Look, CEO of Care Resource Connection.
1: And today we're doing the Community Health Alliance podcast, uh, which is, represents the partnership between our two organizations and uh, and the alliance that it creates. So today we're at the Minnesota State Fire Chiefs Association uh, convention up in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, Amy and I just completed a, a, a workshop where we were talking about community health as a community risk reduction strategy. And two of the uh, individuals who sat through the class uh, have. Uh, offered to be part of the podcast today and I want to get their sense of, of the information they learned today and kind of learn a little bit more about their community. So we're going to start with, uh, first, we're going to start with Jeff Wallen, who's the interim chief for the Moorhead fire department, Jeff, thanks for joining the podcast. Tell us a little bit about your city and uh, and some of the challenges that you're facing up there.
0: Uh, My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, So the city of Moorhead is uh, uh, we have a population of uh, 48,000 people operate out of two fire stations and have a lot of the same suburban challenges that other organizations face. Um, We we do have. A lot of folks that are underserved by the systems that are in place. And it seems to be a lot from a lack of coordination, lack of understanding of what's out there. So, um, our firefighters have a lot of challenges with people that we go to repetitively that we don't often see that we're having a positive impact with. And uh, that's what started our exploration into this and the efforts that have been going on at the West Fargo Fire Department before us that are in our metropolitan area. And we're hoping to be able to get a regionalized approach to this that is really impacting um, folks in our entire community in the Fargo-Moorhead area.
1: So as a fire department, are you doing transport or are you a first response agency?
0: Yeah, we are a non-transport first responding agency with a private ambulance service. And to your
1: firefighters, when when they're taking a look at some of these struggles or challenges that exist in your community, um, kind of what is their feedback to you as the chief uh, that, that you're tra- that's guiding some of your work?
0: Right. Uh, A lot of the feedback is it appears that people just end up going through a revolving door in the healthcare system. So um, those that have needs go in. Those that can't advocate for themselves get turned around and pushed right back out again. And we see them uh, sometime down the road in the same situations where their quality of life is not improved. Um, There is no clear plan or direction for how they can get better with their individual circumstance which varies from person to person and then we have the other group of folks that aren't accessing services and are fearful to access services that will call 911 when they have no other alternative but there isn't a a clear way to help them improve either as far as lift assists and people who are fearful of getting involved with government systems and fearing that they'll lose control over their lives.
1: So of the the things you heard in the in the class today while you were sitting through our class, what were some things that interested you or that you found uh, kind of
0: eye-opening? Uh, one thing I didn't expect to hear was that uh, there are a lot of things that fire departments and people with a passion to get involved can do within the healthcare system and within all of the government systems that are there. I think most of us feel that It's somebody else's job, and we don't have the authority to get involved. We can't advocate for the customers in our community because we respond to fires and we respond to medicals, but we don't have access to HIPAA-protected information, and therefore we have no options to get involved with anybody in any capacity. And it was surprising to find out that that there are ways that we can get involved and actively manage care and even work with other governmental agencies that feel the same way, that feel that they can't advocate for their residents but when we have a greater understanding of what we can do and how other communities have uh, utilized success and involving a lot of the healthcare systems that have felt proprietary as well too that it it converts from a lot of disconnected systems that aren't accomplishing the goals of their missions to people that have human to human interactions that are making a difference in outcome of people's lives and um, i just expected maybe we have a couple options to deal with people that we go to four or five times a month and turf them off to the other organization that can magically fix this. And uh, I was surprised to find out in very human ways we can do the things we all got into the business for in the first place.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I think uh, you're spot on. Amy, would you say that that is one of the big challenges as you talk to fire departments about this work? Do you also see that as being one of those eye-opening things that they learn?
2: I do, yes. I think being able to have um have that eye opening moment where you guys have more power than you think right you are there you are the ones that are meeting the patients where they are in the moment you have that vital information from the time of the 911 call till the time to before they get to the hospital or transported and it's that's that vital information that you guys hold and i think that's when we go up to west fargo again And we have that community um, meeting that we talked about in the class today. Mm -hmm. I think that we should look at maybe opening it up district-wide to include you, to include a a bunch in that space. Well, And so I think that's where we're going to be able to make the most impact, bringing in Sanford Health, bringing in Essentia Health, understanding how those care coordinators work, and making sure that you guys have those bat lines that you need to have in order to have this program.
0: Yes, I, I was surprised at how my perspective of the pro, of our position changed today in in just two or three hours. Um, walked out with a completely different view of the program and actually walked out with hope for the future that I didn't have before.
2: Good.
1: That's great. We're glad to hear that. That's uh, that was the purpose and uh, and I'm happy we were able to connect in that way. I'm going to turn this conversation now over to the other fire side of the state, uh, and we've got Jeremy Hutchinson, who's the battalion chief for the Cloquet Area Fire District. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about your fire district and and what Cloquet does up uh, in their area.
3: Well, the fire district uh, is a, I guess we've been around for almost a little over ten years now, but we are a uh, uh, an independent entity of the of the state so uh, we have we have our own taxing authority and in taxing power we provide uh, ALS transport uh, to a roughly 250 square mile area uh, some of that area gets both our fire protection and EMS service and a portion of that area only gets our EMS service so we are uh, kind of in, in some ways a, a hodgepodge of uh, of what we're working with, uh, and then to complicate that a little further, uh, we cover uh, two separate counties um, for EMS and fire. So we're working with uh, a lot of different agencies, uh, the, you know, throughout, and depending on where the issues come up, we got to basically know who to navigate through to uh, get people referred to the right resources.
1: I'm assuming you heard Jeff's response. I mean, I, I'm assuming the challenges look very similar. Can you? Tell us a little bit about how they might differ from what's happening on the in the Moorhead area.
3: Uh, you know, it, for us, I think the one of the biggest problems is uh, is just getting people uh, really acquainted to what's out there. Um, much like uh, uh, Jeff was saying with just trying to find the right resources, I, I think a lot of our people we show up, uh, we end up taking someone to the hospital because. There isn't much a, a, of, of an option, uh, and and I would venture to guess that in the when we get to the ER, the ER staff feels the same way, and they sit there, they're dealing with a person for a couple hours, uh, and I, I would, it generally seems you know after we pick the people up, they don't you know they, and drop them off, the next time we come and pick them up, they're still running into the same problem. Well, the ER didn't help me. They're you know, I'm not getting that help I needed. There's they're missing that, that catch-all of, of feeling like there's there's something there, and, and nobody knows or they get lost in the system of, of what's out there and what's available. So, um, you know, today this opened up a lot of uh, ideas of just being able to coordinate that and find those resources and really having one person that can make sure some of the stuff's being met. Um, in the past, whenever we've tried this, you seem to run into a lot of, dead ends that yes we're aware of this person but you know it's a phone call it's somebody that's overburdened and if that person puts up any kind of resistance they don't really have the there's
1: nobody with the ability to sit down and try and break down those barriers i know the geography looks a little different over in cloquet than it does in over in the uh, moorhead area but uh things are a little spread out i mean do you find it hard to to really assess Kind of what your resource pool looks like, given how things are so spread out, or, or do you do you feel like you have a, a resource-rich environment that's just not being uh, accessed correctly?
3: You know, after listening to everything today, I I would say that there's a pretty resource-rich environment. Uh, if I look really hard at what I have, uh, there's a a Native American reservation that has. Uh, that's very resource rich for its uh, for its members, its band members. Uh, understanding that and understanding how to necessarily get them, it, you know, access to some of that care is a little bit uh, a little bit more difficult uh, between Carleton County Public Health and St. Louis County Public Health. Uh, you know, I, I'm a little new into my position. I'm just learning some of those things to access. Uh, I've had some experience with. Uh, working with uh, United Way uh, through some volunteer stuff and seeing kind of some of the stuff they can bring in and what the nonprofits are. So the the probably the biggest issue is just knowing where that access is. Uh, last year, I think it was last year, beginning of this year, end of last year, I uh, I, I sat in and did some grant uh, reviewing for, for the United Way and, and some of the services that came in between the dental services that are out there and, and things that are, it, it was eye-opening just to know what's out there but um i've never you know if before that all i knew was ah this stuff's kind of floating around out there getting that getting someone that's aware of it so we can actually get the referrals made and get the care taken care of uh i think is gonna is really the key of what we're we're missing to bring it all together
1: yeah i we kind of talked about it in the class i mean it's the the strategy number one is to get the fire department recognized as the person who could actually do that work right to think of the fire department differently in a in a world of of healthcare and community risk reduction we do it we spend a ton of time on fire prevention and and those types of things do you find or do you feel like your firefighters are looking for a solution that they're going to want to they're going to want to invest in this kind of work Uh,
3: yes yeah they're they're looking for they're looking for something to to they, they want to solve a problem and, and move on. And they, they want to be able to, uh, you know, we've already, the fire department, you know, and, and in some ways the police department, but the fire department's a catch all for, a, you know, unless it's something violent, the fire department's kind of the catch all of let the fire department figure this out, um, especially with us providing the EMS transport. So, uh, you know, we don't know what to do with it. They must need to go to the hospital. Well, there, there's a lot of people I can think of in my career that I've taken to the hospital that really only needed to go to the hospital because it was my only hope of them getting connected to some further care and get into that right kind of stream of, of something happening. So, uh, you know, having that ability to connect them with other things and other resources and and walk away and go, we gave this person a, an, an outlet and... Now, hopefully, they're not going to be they're not going to be calling me back. Um, you know, the the first step we had up here was uh, uh, in mental health. A uh, a facility going by the name of Birch Tree, uh, you know, is bridging the gap. They're small and they're understaffed, and I'm sure they're underfunded, but they're they're bridging that gap between emergency care um, and and just being able to make a referral, make a phone call with the person and kind of work into getting them into the system and talking to people. You know, not everyone we go to needs that emergent has to go to the hospital. What they need is to know that at 7 a.m. tomorrow or 9 a.m. tomorrow, they got somebody that they can talk to, you know, and and they'll be calmed down and and starting to work with it. And they don't necessarily need to go to the hospital at 2 a.m. So just having more of those resources available to us so we can, Get to the right people that can that can actually get to the root cause of the problem is uh uh it's it's an exciting thing an idea and thought process to bring back to you to my members
1: so i'll go back to you jeff because uh one of the challenges i was thinking about is um as i was listening you know to Jeremy was. Some of our listeners maybe share, do like you have, have, where you share, you're sitting on a state border, right? So Mm -hmm. where you sit on the border of Minnesota and North Dakota, for those listeners who are, that do have that back and forth across the state line, how does, how does that challenge is, are there challenges with that? Or is that something that's pretty seamless?
0: I think there are challenges for people who don't know how to go through the system. And us as first responders, we typically haven't been involved or maybe interested or had the need to to go through those systems. Uh, So there are challenges when uh, all of our hospitals in the Fargo-Moorhead area are on the North Dakota side. And so anybody who's seeking um, emergent health care is going to be a North Dakota patient. And where we've had issues uh, in the past with uh, some people who are utilizing social services, we hit a roadblock in that it can take... Um, half a day to a day to pass information back and forth because technically they have been going through both states' departments of health before they route back around to their social worker when it truly isn't necessary to do that. You just have to have the right people that understand that they don't have to pass that way from state to state. And that's where a lot of this has fallen down in that everybody is so worried about protecting the information that they have, that they're worried about allowing it to flow back and through to the people who are managing cases and can be uh, administering the, the services that people need. And so that's that's been a real barrier that hasn't been necessary on a day-to-day basis. You can drive across the river, be admitted, get care. So the person who doesn't need assistance in their care um, has the full access to services without any restrictions and information passes from provider to provider. Um, just very easily, but anybody who needs help and guidance runs into the, uh, the roadblocks of government systems that are there that weren't meant to do that in the first place.
2: So when we have that community meeting up in uh, Moorhead and in, in West Fargo and bringing everybody in together with uh, Essentia Healthcare and Sanford, I think mm-hmm. that'll be a place where we're going to want to have some additional focus on how we can go through that and dealing with those state line pieces to help understand where their care integration teams are coming, uh, you know, into those situations as well as their social workers from internally, because being connected with the fire department and understanding what we're trying to do up in that space is going to allow those those conversations to just continue to flourish.
0: Yes, and I believe they're gonna be very successful because I've seen similar breakdowns in those walls. Uh, We're prone to flooding along the Red River that affects both states at the same time, two separate FEMA regions. And uh, when we have those events, we pull together and we work through those barriers to provide the services like we do on a day-to-day basis. So we can mutual aid back and forth across state lines with no consideration of the impacts. Um, But when it gets to something large or something that involves bigger systems that, in involve federal government standards, that's where things tend to break down because you're afraid that you can't cross barriers that are easily navigable.
2: I would have to say it. And the um, folks that that are on the Fargo side for the Health and Human Services Committee and on the Minnesota side working those two, there's a very um, productive group on both sides. And I think that's where Mm -hmm. a lot of these changes are going to eventually filter down.
0: And they happen just like they're happening today. You have people sitting across the table talking to each other and they happen with the one-on-one individual relationships in the organizations. That's what breaks down these barriers is just the conversation. And I heard that from you over and over again that the phone calls and knowing who to talk to and why and what your authority is breaks all those barriers down and opens up the services again, the way that they were truly meant to be. That's that's
1: great. I'm glad it seems like such a focused effort I think is going to be. It's gonna pay off. Uh, In the two or three minutes that we have left, uh, I'd like to just reach back out to the two of you individually and tell us a little bit, what do you think like the first one or two things that you're going to take back home uh, from this work and and at least start uh, asking in your community? I'll start with you, Jeremy.
3: You know, I think the the biggest thing is going to be working on care coordination uh, and I'll probably make my focus more with our with our assisted living type uh, healthcare facilities. We've off and on had some groups trying to work together at, where we've tried to work together as a group and some mutual interest meetings. Uh, that's probably gonna be at my the easiest starting point for, for us. And then uh, my long-term goal is working into some sort of community healthcare person, someone someone that can really coordinate that
0: overall.
1: Great, how about you, Jeff?
0: i like jeremy's answer about how he's going to reach outward for those things because those are i think really important first steps um i'll take the internal approach too in that um i've got a greater awareness now but our staff don't know where this might go and so i'll need to talk to our folks Um, our mayor heard about this information through a meeting and was very enthused about it but the the details are where this becomes a reality and so the training today helped provide that for me so um, getting our elected officials and our city manager involved to understand how our mission is going to shift just slightly to make big impacts for the people that we're seeing every day, but we just aren't able to give them what they need and we're frustrated by that. We don't even realize how frustrated we are by that. And so uh, trying to get everybody on board with how that will help us complete our missions, impact the people we're serving that we don't feel we are and doesn't necessarily have to come at a huge expense or a huge influx of staffing to do it at least up front there's some things that we can start doing in the short term to start making real differences
1: absolutely uh, i got to tell you guys i'm really i'm really happy that you took the time to join us i'm excited about the opportunities that i know kind of lay in front of you as you take this information home your communities are lucky to have leaders like yourself who are willing to invest significant amount of time and energy in trying to solve this problem and and I just want you to know, Amy and I both, if there's anything we can do to support your work, just feel free to back to reach back to us and and uh, we'll be happy to uh, impart whatever little bit of wisdom we can impart uh, towards your success. So, Again, I, I want to thank, uh, again, this is Jeremy Hutchison, our battalion chief for Cloquet Area Fire District, and we have Jeff Wallen, who's the interim fire chief for the city of Moorhead, Minnesota. And I thank both of them for their time on the podcast today.
0: Thank yes, you. Thank you, thank
3: you, so you. Much.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please tune in next Wednesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs> i